You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Okay, we're going to be learning Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the first piece in Hilchos Tefillah, on Perak Dalid Halacha Aleph. This is the best-known piece in the Sefer. It's a very important piece where Rabbi Chaim's exploring what it means to have Kavana during davening, and he has some very important insights and a very important discussion as to what it means to have Kavana when we daven. So this is famous both because it's a, a very important analysis of this concept. It has some halachic ramifications and certainly some Musar ramifications, which we'll hopefully discuss. Rabbi Chaim begins with the Psak of the Rambam in Perak Dalid. The Rambam says, Heidvar ma'akvin esat there are five conditions which are necessary for davening. If you are lacking one of these, then your davening is not acceptable. Now, what are the uh, five? So one of them is the kavanas halev, that you have to have proper intention. Kate said, what does that mean? So kolt kavana, any davening which is without kavana, ena is not considered a davening. Vim kavana, kavana. If you did daven without kavana, you have to daven all over again with kavana. Uh, if you uh, analyze yourself and you realize that you cannot focus right now, so then you are not allowed to daven until you settle down. So uh, there's three things. A davening without kavana is not davening. Uh, you have to repeat that davening and you have to evaluate whether you're going to be able to focus or not. Now, Reb Chaim points out, uh, It sounds like from this Rambam that the halacha of kavana is in the entirety of Shmona Esrei. For all of Shmona Esrei, you have to have kavana. If you are lacking kavana in any of the davening, so then uh, you have not fulfilled your obligation. Uh, the problem is that the Rambam in Perik Yud says, that anyone who davened without kavana has to daven all over again. But if you had kavana for the first bracha, then you do not need to repeat your davening. So uh, here, it's very clear that you only need bidyeved kavana for the first bracha. So uh, according to Rab Chaim, there's a steer in the Rambam here. In Perik Dalit, he said you have to have kavana for the entire Shmonesrei, and in Perak Yud he said that at the bare minimum you'd have to have kavana only for the first bracha. So Reb Chaim says that there are two types of kavana. Ha'achas kavana shall pirush advarim. The first one is uh, what these words mean, pirush hamilos. That's the uh, typical standard kavana that we think about. That when you're davening, you should have focus. You should have understanding of what you're saying. Vishenis, but there's a second form of kavana. That you have to intend and focus that when you are davening, you are standing in front of Hashem, you are speaking to Hashem. And that second type of kavana is what the Rambam is referring to in Perak Dalid, because when he describes the kavana in Perak Dalid, he says, What is kavana? You should focus yourself away from 
from all other thoughts, all other distractions. The Yira and see yourself as if you're standing in front of Hashem. So it's very clear in Parag Dalid that the Rambam is referring to the a special type of kavana, not what the words mean, but that you are standing in front of Hashem. Now Reb Chaim analyzes these two types of kavana, and he says, This second type of kavana, that you're standing in front of Hashem, is not kavana the way we think about it, that uh, you are supposed to focus on your davening. But it's actually intrinsic to the act of davening. If you are not focused and realizing that you are standing in front of Hashem, that's not considered an act of tefillah at all. So it's literally lacking in the action of davening if you don't have awareness that you are standing in front of Hashem. Uh, and Rab Chaim continues, We view this as a misasek, which means someone who does something uh, totally without thought, without awareness. They have no understanding of what they're doing. So the ein bo din we view that as having no actual halacha of having done an action. And that's why this second type of kavana, if you are lacking it, it's a problem for the entire Shemona Esrei. Because any word that you say without this second type of kavana, without awareness that you're speaking to Hashem, it's as if you haven't done any activity of davening. Uh, it's as if you're a misasik, you're doing something that is not an action whatsoever. And therefore, you, it's as if you omitted that word and you haven't fulfilled that word, that part of davening at all. As opposed to the first kind of kavana, which is in addition to the action of davening. So the act of davening is, has been fully done. But in addition to the act, you are also supposed to have proper kavana. So that, so long as you did that in the first bracha, then you fulfilled your obligation because we don't see that as intrinsic to the action of davening. You've done an action of davening, you just didn't do it in the ideal way. So for that, Chazal says, so long as you did it in the first bracha, uh, that's okay. And let me uh, read this in Reb Chaim because his language is so uh, beautiful here. He says, In a place where you are considered a misasik, it's as if you didn't daven whatsoever. It's as if you skipped those words. Certainly when it comes to the action of davening, the essence of davening, all 19 brachos of Shemona Esrei are required. So that's why in any case where you say any part of Shemona Esrei without awareness that you are speaking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, we don't consider that part of your Shemona Esrei whatsoever. It's as if you were just mumbling words or uh, just talking into the air, but you had no awareness of the action you were engaged in. And therefore, if at any point you are so distracted that you don't realize you're speaking to Hashem, then you haven't been Yotze your Shemona Esrei. On the other hand, when we come back to the first type of kavana, where you know you're speaking to Hashem, you just don't know what the words mean. So Rab Chaim says, If you know what you're doing, you know that you're standing in prayer. But you don't know what the meaning of the words is. That's a, a special additional halacha that your davening is supposed to have intention. Hosafas uh, din kavana, that's a, a special din of kavana. In that situation, we say that so long as you had kavana for the first bracha, it's sufficient. So this explains why in Perik Dalid, 
The Rambam said that Kavana is required for all of Shmona Esrei, whereas later on in Perak Yud, he said that it's only for the first bracha, because in Perak Dalit, he's referring to the type of Kavana that you're standing in front of Hashem. That's required for all of Shmona Esrei, whereas in Perak Yud, he's talking about the meaning of the words, which is only for the first bracha. Now Reb Chaim says that there's actually a third type of Kavana, and that is what's known as Mitzvos Trichos Kavana, that when you do a mitzvah, it has to be with the intention to do the mitzvah. So even within the concept of kavana, when it comes to davening, Reb Chaim says that there's a further distinction. There's the kavana of the meaning of the words, which is more localized. It's on each specific phrase to know what it means. But then there's a broader kavana, which is that you are doing a mitzvah right now. That's on the entirety of the Shemona Esrei. So says Reb Chaim that that type of kavana also is ma'akev for all of Shemona Esrei. So uh, at the end of the day, the reason why the Rambam holds in Perak Dalet that if you don't have Kavana, you're not Yotze the Shemona Esrei, even if any part of it was without Kavana, is for two reasons. There's the aspect that you don't know you're standing in front of Hashem, which makes this action misasek. It's it's not a real action. Um, and second of all, you don't have mitzvos trichos Kavana. So in both of those situations, any lack of Kavana during any part of Shemona Esrei would be Ma'akev. The only type of Kavana that the Rambam said is at, at the minimum necessary only in the first bracha is the meaning of the words. Pirush HaDvarim, uh, the Pirush HaMilos. Now, Reb Chaim then continues and he uh, uses this distinction to analyze another aspect of the Rambam's psak over here. And that is that uh, in Perak Dalid, uh, as we noted, the Rambam lists three different things. All right, he says that you need to have kavana, otherwise it's not considered a davening at all. Uh, second of all, he says that if you daven without kavana, you need to repeat it. And third of all, he says that you need to evaluate, and if you see that you cannot focus, then you're not allowed to daven. That's in Perak Dalit. In Perak Yud, though, the Rambam only says one of those phrases. He only says that if you daven without kavana, then you need to repeat it. But he doesn't mention the aspect of evaluating whether you could daven and that any davening without kavana is not a davening. So why is there a difference between these two formulations? So based on uh, this distinction, Rab Chaim explains the following, that in Perak Dalid, where the Rambam's talking about the kavana that you're standing in front of Hashem and the kavana that you're doing a mitzvah. So both of those are intrinsic to the actual act of davening. And that's where the Rambam says that if you daven without kavana, it's as if you did not daven, and therefore you have to evaluate whether you're able to daven or not. But in Perak Yud, where the Rambam is talking about the meaning of the words, so there the act of davening you've done fully, you just did it in a suboptimal way because you didn't have kavana for the words, that's where the Rambam says that, that you only need to repeat it if you were didn't have kavana even in the first bracha. But if you had kavana in the first bracha, then you don't need to repeat it. And there's no condition that you need to evaluate whether you're going to be able to have kavana or not. So Reb Moshe Soloveitchik, a grandson of Reb Chaim from Switzerland, uh, he has a piece about this piece in Reb Chaim. Uh, it appears in his book, Vahish Moshe, and I am using the Or Olam edition of Reb Chaim, which has a lot of information in the back, and they quote this piece also. 
Here's a good description of what Reb Chaim means. He points out that Tosos is very clear with regard to this halacha, that you have to have intention for the meaning of the first bracha, and therefore you need to be able to evaluate beforehand that you're going to have focus on the first bracha. So if you evaluate that you're able to have focus on the first bracha, even though you know that you won't be able to focus on the rest of Shemona Esrei, you are still allowed to daven because that's sufficient. And if you evaluate that you're not going to be able to focus on the first bracha, then you should not daven. That's how Tosos understands it. The Rambam, though, does not mention that if you evaluate that you can have kavana for the first bracha, then you could daven. All he says is a bidiyevet. He says, Loki venes libo, that if you davened and you did not have kavana after the fact, then you should daven again unless you had kavana in the first bracha. But he does not add in this point that if you're able to have kavana for the first bracha, then you are allowed to daven even if you know you're not going to have kavana for the rest of Shemona Esrei. And this is pointed out by the Ber Halacha in Simon Kof Aleph. And he explains the Rambam that, that the Rambam is being more machmir than Tosvos. Tosvos holds that so long as you know you can have kavana for the first bracha, you can start davening. But according to the Ber Halacha's reading in the Rambam, the Rambam holds that if you know you're not going to be able to focus on the rest of Shemona Esrei, even if you know you're going to be able to focus on the first bracha, you still cannot daven. Only once you've davened and it turns out you only had kavana on the first bracha, then you don't have to repeat it. But this is all a din bidi evet. L'chatchila, if you know that you're not going to be able to have kavana for any part of Shemona Esrei, you should not daven. That's how the Ber Halacha reads the Rambam. Uh, Reb Moshe Salavechik points out that Reb Chaim here reads the Rambam as being a much more lenient position than Tosfos. According to the Rambam, even if you're not going to be able to have kavana for the Pirush Hamilos, that is no problem whatsoever. It's only after the fact. If you didn't have kavana for even the first bracha for understanding what you're saying, then you should repeat it. But originally, even if you know that you won't be able to have any kavana whatsoever for the meaning of the words, you're still allowed to daven so long as you know that you're going to have kavana, that you're standing in front of Hashem and you're doing a mitzvah of davening. So this is a major kula, the way Reb Chaim reads this Rambam. It's based on a very careful reading of the Rambam, that the Rambam only quotes the halacha that you have to focus on the first bracha as a din bidi evid. Meaning, if you davened and you see that you focused on the first bracha, then you don't have to repeat it. Otherwise, you do. But, l'chatchila, if you're evaluating whether you're able to focus or not, according to the Rambam, the only evaluation is on the kavana that you're standing in front of Hashem and doing a mitzvah. Then you can go ahead and daven, even if your evaluation says that you are not going to be able to focus on the words at all. Now, the obvious problem, Rav Shach points this out, but the obvious problem is that how can you go ahead and daven when you know you won't focus on the words and you're just going to have to repeat it? That seems to be a bracha levatala. Uh, but that's a separate question. Rav Chaim's analysis indicates that the notion of evaluating how much kavana you can have depends on these two forms of kavana. That uh, the kavana that you're standing in front of Hashem and doing a mitzvah, that is absolutely necessary. Again, because that is intrinsic to the actual act of the davening. Without that, you haven't done the act of davening. And therefore, if your evaluation says that you are not going to be able to do that kavana, then you cannot start davening at all. That's why the Rambam mentions 
that in Perek Dalid, when he's dealing with that more global type of Kavana. But uh, in Perek Yud, the Ramam does not mention that criteria that you have to evaluate because there he's dealing with the more limited type of Kavana for the meaning of words. And even if you know you won't be able to have that, you are able to daven. Now, Reb Chaim adds one last uh, point over here, which is, he says this uh, makes sense on its own, but uh, we could even explain this a little bit better. And uh, this is how he explains it. According to the Rambam, davening is a chiyuv do raisa. So uh, every day, the text that we say, our sitter is obviously drabanan, but the notion that you have to daven every day is do raisa. The Ramban disagrees, and he holds that the davening is only a chiyuv midrabanan. There is no chiyuv do raisa to daven. Now, Reb Chaim says that even the Ramban, who holds that davening is a drabanan, that's only the obligation to daven. But the actual mitzvah to daven is a doraisa. So even though you don't have to daven, if you do daven, that is a kium of a mitzvah doraisa. Uh, it's what we call a mitzvah kiumis. There are mitzvahs that you don't have to do, but if you do them, they are mitzvah. Like tzitzis, you don't have to wear tzitzis if you don't have a four-cornered garment, but the certainly wearing tzitzis is a mitzvah. So a davening is the same thing, according to the Ramban. On a doraisa level, you don't have to do it. Uh, that's only drabanan, but if you do do it, it's a mitzvah doraisa. So according to this uh, reading of the Ramban, both the Rambam and the Ramban agree that when you're davening, you're doing a mitzvah de oraisa. Whether you're obligated or not, if you're doing it, it is a mitzvah de oraisa. Now, says Rab Chaim, the din of misasek, if you do something totally thoughtlessly, that affects even de oraisa. Uh, it's not a mitzvah de oraisa. Uh, same thing with the mitzvah tzichos kavana, that uh, that's required. And if you don't have kavana that you're doing a mitzvah, even mido raisa, you have not done a mitzvah. So based on that, if somebody is davening and they're lacking those two kavanas, that they're standing in front of Hashem or that they're doing a mitzvah, they haven't done the mitzvah even mido raisa. And that would explain why it's so strict that if you know you're not going to be able to do that, you cannot even start davening at all because it's not a davening at all, even mido raisa. As opposed to the meaning of the words, which is certainly drabanan, the words are only drabanan, and therefore the meaning, the kavana of what those words mean is only midrabanan. But if you are lacking that type of kavana, you have still done a mitzvah de oraisa. So in that case, even if you are not able to have kavana, you could still daven because at least you're doing the mitzvah de oraisa. So this would explain why you're able to daven, even if you know that you won't be able to have any kavana for the meaning of the words, because at least you're doing the mitzvah de oraisa. But the Chazal did say that if you see that you're able to now focus on the words, then you should repeat Shmona Esrei with focus on the words, unless you focused on the first bracha. And- Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cashback one more time. We match all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. In which case you don't need to repeat it. So uh, the fact that the first two types of kavana affect even the kium do raisa is why they're more strict and you shouldn't daven shmon at all without that kavana, uh, whereas the meaning of the words does not affect it do raisa and therefore you're able to say the shmon even if you're not going to be able to focus on the words. 
Okay, so that is the Reb Chaim's analysis of Kavana. Now, as I mentioned before, this analysis is very important. Uh, in addition to being a very insightful analysis as to what Kavana means when we daven, uh, it also has ramifications both for Halacha and for Hashkafa. So I want to just to review some of the ramifications of this piece. Um, let's begin with the Halacha. According to Reb Chaim, uh, there's a major chumrah over here, which is if somebody spaces out so much in davening that they're not aware they're davening, then according to Rab Chaim, they have not fulfilled the mitzvah of davening. So this is a, a big chumrah. You know, we unfortunately very often do lose focus during Shemona Esrei. And according to Rab Chaim, we may not be Yotze Shemona Esrei. Now, the Chazonish, in a note on this piece, disagrees with Rab Chaim's conclusion and he says that if you even have a slight awareness that you're davening, then that is sufficient to be considered kavana. Uh, and he brings a proof to this. He says that the Gemara talks about uh, people are always distracted in davening. And uh, Tosos quotes Yerushalmi that we have to be grateful to our heads because uh, we very often are reminded that we're in the middle of davening when we bow. So you see that the, the Gemara, the Yerushalmi, they're all acknowledging that people very often do lose focus during Shemona Esrei. But uh, that doesn't mean that they haven't been yotze. So there's a, a low level of some awareness that you're davening if you're standing there and uh, you have a sitter uh, or you're in shul. So there's some awareness that you're davening and that's enough to be yotze. And uh, Rav Shach also in the Avi Ezri agrees with this. Uh, Rav Ovadi Yosef in Yabia Omer. Chela Gimel Simen Ches also uh, quotes this analysis. So uh, major postgim disagree with Reb Chaim's conclusion over here and are more makel when it comes to Kavana, that even if you get distracted, you're still Yotze. Uh, now, what about Reb Chaim's stira in the Rambam? How do you answer these two places in the Rambam where in one place the Rambam indicates you need Kavana for all of davening? So uh, the Chazonish, Rav Shach, they uh, suggest that this might not be the biggest problem uh, because it could be that the Rambam is just explaining himself in Perak Yud. He's explaining what he meant in Perak Dalit. So there is no real stira. It's just in Perak Dalit he said the broad din that you need Kavana. And uh, he explained that in Perak Yud that it really at the bare minimum has to be in the first bracha. Otherwise, you have to repeat Shmona Esrei. Now, on the other hand, the, in the Sefer Emek Bracha from Rab Aryeh Pomeranchik, one of the main Talmidim of the Brisker Rav, Rab Chaim's son, Rab Velvel. Uh, so he analyzes this uh, psak from Rab Chaim and he points out a few halachic nafgaminas from this. Um, I'm just going to mention one, which I think is a very important psak. The Chayyadim discusses a case, let's say you're in the middle of Shemona Esrei and you have a question. You have some halachic question, you forgot something, you're not sure how to continue. So he says that you can look in a book in the middle of Shemona Esrei in order to resolve the question. And then he says, are you able to ask someone, meaning to speak? And he says he thinks that you should probably be able to even do that. And the reason is because this is not considered a hefsik in your davening. Because you're doing it litzorech tefillah. The reason why you're looking in a book, the reason why you're talking is for the sake of the davening and therefore it's not considered a hefsek. Uh, the Amek Bracha says that according to Reb Chaim's analysis, he thinks that this is wrong, that you cannot stop in the middle of your Shemona Esrei and start learning a book or talking to someone, certainly, because uh, according to Reb Chaim, the essence of Shemona Esrei is that you are standing in front of Hashem. And by reading a book or speaking to someone, you're breaking that standing in front of Hashem. So it would be usher to do that while you're in the middle of Shemona Asrei. So that's his practical psak based on this idea of Reb Chaim. 
Another issue about this uh, is quoted in the back of the Or Olam from Reb Moshe Aaron Stern, who was the Mashkiach in Kamenetz Yeshiva. Uh, he tells the following story. He says that he learned this Reb Chaim, and at that point there used to be a minion in the Brisker Rav in Reb Chaim's son's house. And so he asked him the following intriguing question. He said, according to Reb Chaim, let's say you're in a minion and there's exactly 10 people and one of them totally spaces out in the middle of their Shemona Esrei. So it's as if that person is not even davening. So shouldn't the whole minion be disrupted by this person being considered to not be davening? Or let's say you have, uh, you know, 13, 14 people, but a few of them are spacing out. It should ruin the whole minion. So he quotes an interesting uh, answer. The Briskarov told him that in Kesar Rosh, which is Rab Chaim Valozhiner's sayings, so he says, Tfilablo Kavana, that davening without Kavana, im ena ke korban tamid shigeshla nefesh, uh, it's not like a carbon of an animal, which has a soul, but the cholzos nechshavis kekarban mincha she'ein la nefesh. But it is considered like a carbon mincha, a flower offering, uh, which has no soul. So uh, the Briskarov said that according to Rabbi Chaim Alojner, if you daven without kavana, even though it's, uh, it has no soul, but it is still something. So the Briskarov is in some way qualifying what his father said, that if you daven without any intention, it's as if you didn't daven whatsoever. And he's saying that there is a lower level where you davened without kavana, and that you did not fulfill your obligation of davening, but it's still something. And interestingly enough, the stipler in Kilos Yaakov in Brachos Simen Zion, so he actually quotes the same idea from the Mabit, that the Mabit said that uh, there's davening with kavana and there's davening without kavana, which is not real davening, it's just reading the words, but it's still something. And uh, the stipler wonders where exactly he got this from. Now, Reb Moshar and Stern uh, continues that the Briskarov told him that Reb Chaim Valozhiner says there that amen without kavana, if you say it without any kavana, then it's absolutely nothing. Uh, there is no notion that Amen without Kavana is something the way davening is. So Rav Moshe Aaron Stern wonders that uh, based on that, if you say Amen without Kavana in the middle of davening, it might even be a hefsik. And uh, he says he asked a number of people and they told him this is a tremendous chiddish, but uh, they weren't really able to disprove what he was saying. Okay, so that's uh, some of the discussion around this Chiddush of Reb Chaim, that there's another type of Kavana, which is that you're standing in front of Hashem, uh, and some of the halachic discussion around that. Now, Reb Chaim touches on three other issues in this piece. The first is the concerns Miss Asik. Uh, misasik, as we said, is when you do something without any intention whatsoever, any awareness, and the, generally we consider that to be putter. You're absolved from any responsibility for what you did, unless there's an element of hana, you're enjoying it, in which case we assume there was some awareness. Reb Chaim in this piece understands that misasik is putter because it's not really an action. There is no misa, or it's at least certainly not traceable to you. That's how he understands the notion of misasik. Now, Reb Kiveger in a tshuva uh, disagrees with this, and he holds that misasik is just a tour in the carbon. It just makes it that you're not obligated to bring a carbon, but it does not affect the action at all. Uh, but Reb Chaim uh, does hold that it affects the action, and this is discussed at greater length in Reb, Chaim, Reb Chaim's grandson's uh, Rav Yosef Dov Salavechik's book, Shirin Lezecher Abba Mari, he quotes that uh, this was Rav Chaim's position and his father proved it, uh, that misasek means that there isn't really a full action that went on over here. And uh, this piece in Rav Chaim is based on that because he's comparing 
a situation where you didn't have awareness for davening with misasek. Now, uh, davening has nothing to do with a carbon, so if misasek is only a p'tur in the carbon, it wouldn't affect davening, but the fact that misasek means that you didn't really do an action does affect the davening that it wasn't really an action. The uh, second issue is about mitzvos trichos kavana. Now, in general, we understand that the obligation to have kavana that you're doing a mitzvah is you're having kavana to fulfill the mitzvah. So a person who's doing a mitzvah cannot just be doing the action for no reason, but they have to intend to fulfill their obligation. Uh, Reb Moshe Soloveitchik, in the piece we quoted before, so he points out that Reb Chaim must understand this differently. Reb Chaim must understand that mitzvah trichos kavana just means you need kavana that you're doing a maisa mitzvah. You are doing an action of a mitzvah, but you do not need to intend to fulfill the chiv. So uh, the kavana here is not about the chiv as we generally understand it, but it's about doing the action of a mitzvah. And that's the only way that this piece would make sense because Rav Chaim is saying that according to the Ramban, you don't have to daven midoraisa, but if you do daven, it's a mitzvah. And on that, he says you need to have kavana that you're doing the mitzvah. Now, you cannot have kavana to fulfill your obligation because there is no obligation. So it must be that according to Reb Chaim, the kavana is not really about an obligation. It's just about doing a mitzvah. And therefore, even an optional mitzvah can require kavana in order to do the mitzvah. And again, Reb Chaim's grandson, Rav Yosef Dov Salavechik, in Shirin Lezecher Abamari, he also quotes this position from Reb Chaim, uh, that Reb Chaim held that the kavana of a mitzvah is to do the mitzvah, not to fulfill the mitzvah, and in that way you're connecting the action that you did with your kiyum ha-mitzvah. Incidentally, I will just point out that this notion that Rav Moshe Soloveitchik and Rav Yosef Dov have, that Rav Chaim saying kavana is necessary for the actual maisa of the mitzvah to make it a full activity of a mitzvah. Uh, so this seems to be contradicted by uh, what Rab Chaim's main student, Rab Baruch Ber, writes in Birka Shmuel in Gitin Simen Yud. And uh, there he writes that kavana for a mitzvah is uh, not because the otherwise the ac- action is lacking, uh, but there's a full action. You just need to have your own intention for the mitzvah. It sort of stands outside of the action. It's a necessary requirement, but it doesn't uh, affect the action in any way. But uh, the tradition that his grandsons quote, and uh, that seems to be Mukhrach from this piece on Tfila, uh, seems to indicate otherwise that the kavana for a mitzvah, according to Rab Chaim, is intrinsic to the actual activity, the action of the mitzvah itself. Uh, one final issue that Rav Chaim touches on over here is the issue of whether davening is Doraisa or Drabanan. Um, again, this is a machlokis, the Rambam and the Ramban, but Rav Chaim holds that even the Ramban, who says that uh, davening is Drabanan, he only means the obligation, but if you do daven, it's a kiyum mitzvah de Oraisa. So there is some discussion about this issue. There's a tradition quoted from Reb Chaim himself. The Amik Bracha quotes this. Uh, in the Or Olam, they quote this from Reb Yonah Karpilov reported it. And the Reb Lazer Silver, who also studied by Reb Chaim, is quoted by his student, Rabbi Shlomo Warman, in Sheris Yosef, Chelek Dalet, Simon Vav. They all report this tradition uh, that Reb Chaim was asked, how can we do Berchas Kohanim nowadays? Uh, because the blessing of the Kohanim has to do with the Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash. So how are we able to do Birchas Kohanim when we have no Beis HaMikdash and there is no Avoda? So Reb Chaim answered that because davening is the Oraisa, 
And even according to the Ramban, it's a Deoraisa. So there is that element of Avoda. Davening is Kneged Tmidim Tiknum. It's the equivalent of the Karbanos. So therefore, Davening is a type of Avoda. And it's Doraisa, so that's how we're able to do Dochening nowadays, even in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash. So that would be a proof to Reb Chaim's idea that even according to the Ramban, Davening has to be Doraisa. Otherwise, how do you do Berchas Kohanim? Now, based on this, it would seem that the Mishabura and the Ber Halacha disagrees with this because uh, in one of the first Ber Halachas in Simen Kuf Chavches, which deals with Birchus Koanim, so uh, there the Ber Halacha says that how do we do Duchening nowadays? even though davening is only drabanan. So uh, he says that it's because the Chazal made a special takana that we can do berchas koanim, even though davening is drabanan. So uh, the Beralacha seems to directly disagree with Reb Chaim's reading of this, and he says that even though davening is fully drabanan, even when you're davening, not just the obligation, the whole thing, uh, still Chazal made a special takana that you're able to do berchas koanim. Um, Rav Ovadia Yosef also uh, questions Rabbi Chaim's position on this uh, in Yabi Omer Gimel Ches, and uh, he brings a proof from the Ramban himself, because the Ramban asks if davening is only drabanan as he holds. So the Gemara reads that uh, you have to serve Hashem with your heart. So the Gemara says What is service which is in the heart? Uh, that's a reference to tefillah. So the Ramban asks, well, how could you say that uh, it's a reference to davening when uh, davening is not doraisa? So the Ramban answers, no, that's just an asmachta. Uh, Chazal just found a hint in the Torah to what they did, but uh, it's certainly only drabanan. Says Rav Ovadi Yosef, according to Rav Chaim, this should not be a big problem because the Torah is saying you don't have to daven, but if you daven, that is avodah shebelev. So the Chol Levavchem could reference something that you are optionally doing, which is a mitzvah. Uh, so, says Rav Ovadi Yosef, the fact that the Ramban thinks this is a problem seems to indicate that according to the Ramban, davening is fully and absolutely drabanan, even when you are doing it, uh, even optionally, it's all drabanan. So that uh, concludes our analysis of Reb Chaim and uh, some of the major themes in this piece. Uh, there are essentially four major themes. One is this special type of kavana that you're standing in front of Hashem. Otherwise, says Reb Chaim, you are just mumbling words. You're doing nothing if you have no awareness that you're speaking to Hashem. Uh, as we saw, the Chazon Ish and Rav Shach and Rav Avadi Yosef, all of them are not sure and all of them are a bit more lenient in that case. Uh, we discussed the issue of Miss Asik. Reb Kiveger holds it just a tour from a carbon, uh, but Reb Chaim holds that it actually affects the action itself. Uh, we discussed Mitzos Trichos Kavana, that generally we assume the Kavana is to fulfill your Chiyuv of this mitzvah, uh, but Reb Chaim understands that Kavana is necessary in order to make this an action of a mitzvah. So the Kavana is that you're doing a Maisa mitzvah. And uh, finally, there's this issue of, according to the Ramban, that tefillah is drabanan. Uh, if you choose to daven, have you done a mitzvah do or not? Reb Chaim believes that you are, and that's why we're able to do dochaning nowadays during davening. Uh, but others, the Mishnabura and Rav Ovadi Yosef, question that and hold that davening is fully drabanan. Now, I just want to end uh, with some musar about this piece, uh, because this is a rare piece in this sefer, which affects not just halacha, but uh, hashkafa also, and how we think about kavana in davening. 
Nowadays, uh, a lot of people, uh, fortunately, work very hard on their kavana in davening. We have uh, interlinear sidurim. We have all sorts of uh, English aids to help people focus. And all of that is wonderful and important. Uh, Reb Chaim, though, believes that the main kavana that we should be working on is the awareness of what we're doing. To focus on the words, but to lose sight of the fact that we are speaking to Hashem is to miss the uh, forest for the trees. There's even a uh, sort of humorous anecdote in the uh, brisk tradition. I uh, doubt this is authoritative or a good reflection of Reb Chaim, uh, but the story goes that Reb Chaim used to zoom through his Shemona Esrei. He would just say it uh, so quickly. And the reason was because he never wanted to get distracted for even a second from the fact that he was standing in front of Hashem even though that affected his uh, focus on the meaning of the word. So uh, according to that, Reb Chaim was willing to sacrifice the meaning of the words on some level in order to properly focus that he was standing in front of Hashem. Now, again, I think uh, I'm sure Reb Chaim had great kavana in his davening all around, and uh, certainly we're not trying to minimize here the importance of understanding what we're saying and focusing on what we're saying, uh, but Reb Chaim reminds us that literally the essence of davening is the notion that we are speaking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if we do everything right and we say all the words correctly and we know what they mean, but we don't understand that this is a conversation, that this is addressed to someone, then it's as if we would be walking down the street muttering to ourselves. Davening has to be the same way we speak to someone in general. We speak now to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We are addressing Him. He is listening to us. And according to Rab Chaim, that stands at the very, very essence of davening and it cannot be sacrificed in any way. Hi, I'm Dr. Andreas Michaelitis, Chief Psychologist at Noom. But what's Noom and why does Noom need a Chief Psychologist? Noom is a weight loss program that works with results that last because we know that changing the way you eat starts with your mind. With Noom's proven psychology-backed tools, one-on-one coaching, and flexible plans that emphasize progress over perfection, you'll have the tools you need to change your relationship with food. So sign up at Noom.com now and lose the weight for good. That's N-O-O-M.com.